0: I'm aware of the fact that I am in a better place to be able to create my art if I am fed and secure and not freaking out about making rent. And so it's like going down the I'm going to make a course road is great. Um, I don't really have the time to do it right now, given my other obligations. So there's kind of a catch-22 where it's like, well, maybe if you did resign that client, you could make the course and you could make a lot of money. Um, But that is a riskier endeavor than what I'm willing to do at this time. But I will say this, writing online has opened up a lot of doors for me.
1: This is Creator Habits the show that looks at how creators build their audiences one day, one follower, and one habit at a time. I'm Alina, your host, a startup founder turned content creator and indie maker. We're back, and this is episode two of our conversation with Sarah Campbell of the newsletter Tiny Revolutions. Tiny Revolutions explores the process of becoming who you are. Sarah's writing has been featured in publications such as Every, Barrel House, The Oxford America, and Salon.com. If you haven't heard our first episode, we talk all about the craft of writing and the process of writing as a daily life practice. In this episode, however, we get into the realities of being a creator, what balancing a job and content production looks like, how and when you dip your toes into monetization, and where do you go after running a newsletter for three years? So welcome back, Sarah. So excited to have you here. Thanks,
0: Alina. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I think since the last time we talked, um, the pendulum has swung slightly, just in that I am feeling right now like I need to get a little bit more organized with the newsletter. Um, And that is normal. And that's sort of part of my process is that I kind of go back and forth.
1: In what way? I'm actually really curious what prompted you to say, oh, I need to get more organized? Well, this
0: month, I've experimented a lot with frequency, and I had landed on twice monthly. And so I put out an issue at the beginning of the month. It's now nearly the end, and I have yet to put out the second issue. So in a way, it's it's kind of like there's extenuating circumstances. I've been traveling. I had some family issues come up, and I just started a new part-time gig. So there's been a lot going on, but I'm also very like, okay, I want to make it so that even when extenuating circumstances come up, I'm still a little bit better prepared and can put out something that may not be, it may not be totally like a typical issue, but might still be good and something that I'm proud to put out.
1: It's really interesting that you say that because to be honest, I've been writing a newsletter on this topic, mostly because for the last month i've had a consulting project that is overtaken my life has entailed a lot of travel and i've been thinking a lot about well shouldn't i have planned for this better that's my intention that's like what i'm thinking about in terms of habits but i think that the reality is sometimes more complicated and i'm just curious <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what it's been like for you you know you've been doing this for longer
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny because this was partially prompted by me, again, just being really cognizant of not having put out the second issue this month. But then also I had a conversation with my coach yesterday. I meet with a coach once every month or two. And I was talking about this and saying how I was really excited about all the things that I'm doing, but I didn't want uh, the newsletter to get neglected because it is no longer my new shiny toy, right? Like I've been doing it for years now. And so she suggested, here's something to think about. What if you put something together where you highlight things from the archives or you do one issue that's like, you know, just curation or maybe it's a thread, you know, trying to open up discussion, something like that. She was urging me to really think about different ways that I could lower the lift on myself for when these types of times roll around, because as you just said, they inevitably happen despite our best intentions so that's kind of what i'm thinking you know the other thing i did that since we last spoke is that i turned on paid subscriptions to the newsletter and i really did it uh so i'm feeling a little bit of pressure for that which is a good thing I actually i'm not mad about that that was part of my intention but i did it in a way where it was like i am probably not gonna do any gated content at least at first but this is intended to help me Carve out time, and you can support me as I continue to work on my book, which I'd like to get out into the world in you know in the next year or so.
1: So actually, you took the words out of my mouth. I, you know, last time we talked a lot about you know mindset strategies and writing as a practice, and I, I really wanted this time for us to dive into this idea of kind of making it as a creator and, and going from things like. Paid subscriptions to thinking about, you know, courses and writing a book. And all of these are things that you seem to be dipping your toes into. Maybe we start with the subscription piece. What prompted you to decide, okay, now is the time versus I'm sure it's something you've thought about before?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there was part of me that was just like, you know, let's just see what happens. You know, I've been building this audience for a few years. I know I have some pretty dedicated fans and people that I you know, that I write to. Another thing was that in the issue before the one where I turned off subscrip turned on subscriptions, I had revealed the title of my book that I'm working on and said, you know, just so you know, I think I've mentioned it in here before, but I am working on a book. Here's the title. And I got a reply from someone who said, Hey, I really want to read your book. And if you want to do pre-sale, you know, if you want to do like a pre-sale or something like that, I'll totally buy it. I'd like to support you in this however I can. And so that was kind of like, a, you know, uh, why not just turn on subscriptions and see what happens? It really was, you know, again, it's not something I haven't considered before, but I was just kind of like, I know now I've, I've reached a level of comfort with myself where I know that I'm committed to this project. I'm going to keep writing it. You know, no matter how, you know, whether it's super frequent or super consistent or not, um, I still will do it. And then it was just like, it just took that one person being like, I want to pay you for this that I was like, all right, screw it. I'm on Substack. I'd set up Stripe before, so I didn't even have to do that because I'd already done that work. So really, all I had to do is flip, flip the switch and then talk about it. And I set it so it was $6 a month um, or 70 for the year.
1: Um, how did you but decide then I, on that?
0: because I wanted to do more than five once after fees, or I wanted to basically net five, you know, after fees from Substack and Stripe. And then you can also set like a higher, you know, sort of aspirational patronage rate, which was 150. And I had a bunch of people do 150. So that was amazing. And I was like, okay, all right. Even though I wasn't anywhere near what Substack says, which is they tell you to expect to convert around 10%. And I did not convert anywhere near that, but between my between the I most of the people that did sign up purchase for a year or you know supported me for a year and they did most people did the 70 but then somebody did it you know if you did the 150 and
1: it was cool how did you think about promoting it
0: literally just in the newsletter and I, I think I mentioned it on Twitter you know that's just been how I do things and so I haven't Done anything promotion. That is one of the thoughts I've had about getting more organized, putting a little bit more structure about it. I'm like, okay, you know, what can I do to promote the fact that it's paid? But I'm still keeping it in line with it's a word of mouth thing for now. You know, people shout out the work if they like it and they appreciate it. The other thing I was thinking about is because I am working on a book, I am thinking that I likely will put some excerpts of the book, Work in Progress behind the paywall. And that would be in addition just to the regular weekly issues. So I do think that I I do expect that I will convert more people to paid once so I start sprinkling in a little of those.
1: Yeah, it's always struck me as kind of interesting how creators structure their paid offerings uh, or subscriptions. And it sounds like you're kind of at the beginning of figuring out what you're gonna do with that. And also at the beginning of just promoting it in general.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of am, you know, I I am sort of loosely banking on the idea that the work is the most important point. And, you know, I, we've talked about this, but it's like, it is the central part of the thing. People either like it or they don't, and no amount of promotion will help you. Actually, that's probably not true. The cynical part of me is like, you know what, if you're like a promotion machine, you probably will get readers. That's just not my deal. You know, I'd rather make the work good and see how I can get, people on board, or if I can get people on board.
1: Yeah, definitely the idealist in me always wants to think about making a good product as well. But speaking of products, you're kind of working on two content products at the same time, both the newsletter and your book. Do you find that they feed into each other, or are they separate tracks of work? How do you think about those pieces of content in relation to one another?
0: Yeah, I, I will be totally transparent and say that I'm not doing an amazing job of balancing it, but they do, you know, they feed into each other. What I would like to do when I'm planning to do at some point this year is have a few days long sort of retreat where I go through and not just write, I mean, writing will be part of that, but really kind of taking a stock of all my work that I've already done, both in the in the newsletter and, you know, my existing essays that I've written to try and organize a little bit of that. I mean, my process for writing the book is essentially I have started, I'm using a book or I've started to use a book that helps you write a book proposal just as kind of an organizing mechanism. I'm still considering um, getting an agent and, you know, writing a a proposal and doing a more traditional book publishing route. But that is just a a way to help me get organized and and put it into place. So I've got that going. I have like ongoing lists of topics and notes and kind of like a loose structure like i'm working on an outline basically but i it, it, do, it is going to require some like moving the moving some things around and working with a lot of material that i already developed so i do think that there are there are probably a couple of long weekends or something that i need to take to focus on that and do the kind of deep work but in the meantime it's just like generate stuff where i can and there's a lot you know and again there's a lot to work with that i've already done
1: so you turned on subscriptions, you're working on the book. And from what I've noticed, you're also involved in a new course on crypto and philosophy. Do you see this as part of a portfolio of monetization strategies? Can you talk about the course in particular?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this is kind of the nature. This is also part of my conversation with my coach. I've kind of gone down the crypto rabbit hole in the last year. You know, It's been slowly building and I've gotten more curious about um, that world and the possibilities for, that it offers for, um, different ways of governance and organizing, um, ourselves. And I do think that that is a really, that is something that has consumed a lot of my attention and it's also something that is very polarizing and it's kind of a hot button issue for a lot of people. People have a lot of thoughts, whether they're understand it or not. Um, And I'm working on some pieces completely unrelated to the newsletter and completely unrelated to the book that are about why I find it interesting and why I find it fascinating. Not only that, but I'm also I'm actually leading a publication team for this project. Uh, The project's called Crypto Culture and Society, and it's kind of the, the mission is to build a liberal arts for the crypto world. So to help people think through the impact of these technologies through a broader lens of the humanities and that's really fascinating, but it comes back to the shiny toy syndrome, right? Where like, that's the shiny toy in my life right now. And it's really fun and it's really interesting. And I'm, if I'm honest with myself, it probably has eaten up some of my passion for the newsletter. I hate that word passion, Um, but some of my like enthusiasm for it. Um, But it's not like I'm conscious of that being the case and I'm, I'm not just like fully absorbed where I've just gotten rid of everything. It's like when you get a new boyfriend and you start neglecting your friends, it's not totally like that. Cause I just kind of, no, I'm, I'm just way more aware that these passing interests are not always going to be front of mind. And I think that's kind of a maturity thing, but I think it's also like a self management thing where it's like, okay, yes, the shiny toy is here. You love it. You can play with it. It's fine. Um, but there's like a, you know, there's like the wise part of me is like, let's not just let go of everything else. You've, you know, you've worked on your platform and your brand for a long time and it's still totally relevant. It just, you know, it continues to be something that you are at heart interested in. Um, So, you know, try not to throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing going on. I just mixed a lot of metaphors. Sorry.
1: No, I think that's huge and it is a really important insight because I think maybe people who are intellectually curious and love, you know, novelty, it is really easy to dismiss what you've already done and not necessarily build upon it and take a new route, especially at times when like your enthusiasm wanes and um I've done that many a time. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting to hear that kind of nugget of wisdom of, well, how do I put this into perspective?
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, the the route that I've chosen, obviously, with the newsletter is not like, you know, I'm not doing like, it's a weekly curated links about you know, mental health and spirituality. It's not that it's an, it's an evolving creature, right. That evolves along with my own interests. I do think that I will end up writing about my exploration in crypto at some point in the newsletter. I just haven't found quite the right way in. Um, Like I'll certainly link to things that I've written, but it won't, it probably won't be a a topic. That's like a, you know, the introductory essay or it might be, I, I don't know, but I do think that that is part of, you know, very much deliberately have built this brand and platform for myself that can evolve because I never wanted to get too stuck in something that I was going to lose interest in.
1: Absolutely. So it seems like part of what is motivating you in terms of thinking about creating a book or or this course is, is that kind of, I don't know, intellectual curiosity But it's also a very well worn path within the creator space to say, okay, I have this content. Now let me create the course. Now let me create the book. And that's kind of part of my monetization strategy around what I'm doing. And so I'm I'm curious if you have any thoughts or if that has been in any way part of the calculation Mm -hmm. for you.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Um, Like if I could do it, If if it's like, if I could have everything I wanted, I would want to probably drop a client, like my main client where I do just like more content strategy. Um, and just not have to do that. But the reality is I make a lot of money for that client and I like that. And I'm aware of the fact that I am in a better place to be able to create my art. If I am fed and secure and not freaking out about making rent. And so It's like going down the I'm going to make a course road is great. Um, I don't really have the time to do it right now, given my other obligations. So there's kind of a catch 22 where it's like, well, maybe if you did resign that client, you could make the course and you could make a lot of money. Um, But that is a riskier endeavor than what I'm willing to do at this time. I might have been more open to it when I was younger or, you know, if things were different financially and I wasn't on the line to support myself with, you know, a big city lifestyle, like, and I could make that change too, right? I could say I'm going to move to somewhere cheaper and do it, which is not a choice that I've made at this point. I don't rule it out in the future. I really don't. But I will say this, writing online has opened up a lot of doors for me. Like, for example, my involvement in this learning DAO, Crypto Culture and Society, is because I got approached by someone who is running the DAO, who liked... You know, I'd seen my work, I'd seen me in other communities and I knew, you know, we knew each other a little bit, but he was like, Hey, come talk to me. I think you'd be interested in what we're doing. And I really hadn't even considered doing that kind of work. I was curious in it, but I hadn't really started thinking about like, Oh, I want to work in it, but it's like, it all feeds into each other. Right. So he knew that, like, you could see that I was intellectually curious. You could see some indications that I was doing stuff in that world and I don't know. Like, even if I was a full-time creator and Tenure Evolutions revolutions was my main thing, I think I would still want to do something like that. So it's like coming back to part of one of my motivations for, you know, creating the brand, creating the newsletter is that I wanted to get exposure to different opportunities. There are people that are very obsessed with their work and they just want to make their work and that's it. And awesome. Like, that's a great way to be. Um, it's not really me though. Like I am... Like I am a novelty freak and there are always new flavors of the month and I don't fight that anymore. It's like, yeah, maybe I'm going hard down the crypto road for a couple years or forever. I don't know how long it will be, but I've learned to just go with that. It's like, we, we put ourselves in these boxes where it's like, I am only going to do this or I'm only going to do that. Or I need to plan this deliberately. And I think one of the beautiful things about raising your profile as a creator, regardless of what you're doing is that, you don't know what's going to come your way. And trying to be open to that is, is to me, one of the most interesting things.
1: That's such a beautiful thought. I think there's so much fear around not being legible or, you know, oh, no, now you've switched to a completely not, a different topic, etc. cetera. But it seems like you've somehow figured out how do you just create this living, evolving organism of, you know these are the things I'm interested in, and here is my point of view on them.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, I think that part of it is that, I think part of what I do, and I've had conversations with readers about this, is that, yes, I'm trying, you know, there's a a very real aspect to my work that's in service you know, where I'm trying to help people, but it's less like educational help. And it's more like, I'm just showing you what's on my journey. It may or may not be part of your journey, but I think at the heart of it, I'm trying to show that there are different ways to be. And if you don't, you know, it's like, I think that some people like me just because, or like reading the newsletter, if they like reading the newsletter, it's just because they're like, "What's she you going to do next? Oh my God. Or it's like, It's open, it can help open you up to ways that you, things that you've thought about but are maybe a little bit afraid to do. Not that I'm some like fearless person out here, but I do think that I'm more, I'm able to be more open. I think that's one of the things that I bring to the table is that I'm able to be more open to whatever arises.
1: Absolutely. So I want to wrap up, you know, I think this time around, part of the goal was, to really talk about what is it actually like as a creator outside of, you know, thinking about the craft and improving it? What is it like to balance your client work and your creator work? What is it like balancing the opportunities that arise as a creator? Um, yeah, is there any kind of last piece of, of, of advice or kind of yeah,
0: yeah that you might share? Yeah, up for me? Yeah. I mean, what comes up for me is I just think it's important if you're going to be doing this, like you need to enjoy it. It needs to be fun in some way for you. It needs to feed you. And, you know, people are fed by different things. I like, like just going back to what we were talking about. I like being exposed to new worlds. I like meeting new people. I like going down new rabbit holes. I like that. And developing this platform has, again, opened up lots of different opportunities and spheres for me that I might not have stumbled into before. And that's a very important reason of why I keep going. It's not just about the writing, it's about some of these tangential effects. So it's like, I think it's a really important thing to think about, whatever you're building, whatever your project is, you're working on, you know, that it's feeding you in some way, like, it has to be a give and take, right? Like, it's not just you, like, putting out, putting out, putting out, um you need to be getting something from it too so to me a really important value is fun and play and exploration and so it comes back to that for me but that's different for everybody so i I do think there's at the heart of it all is just sort of some self-awareness like why did you get into this racket and what do you want from it
1: i love that yeah i think that's really important and you probably approach it very differently depending on on why you're doing it
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, it's like there, again, like there are lots of people that are like, I'm going to write this newsletter, create this big audience. I'm going to sell a course. I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars in a month or a year, whatever it is. And there is, that's an absolutely fine way to go. um, Because that's a way that you can be fed literally right by making the money. And so right now for me, money is not priority number one because I do have you know, another way to make it. So it frees me up. And that's a choice that I've made deliberately. Yeah. But it's like that again, comes back to self-awareness and and it might change, right? Like I might say, you know what, I can't do all this other stuff. I'm just going to like go head down on the newsletter and really try to build it out, make this my only thing and make this my only source of income. So I think you have to allow for that to be able to change, or at least that for me is the only way I can keep it going is knowing that, it can be a living animal. It doesn't have to. Just because I'm doing one things one way now, it means I have to do it forever.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Well, um, just as a quick reminder, how can people follow and support you, yeah. especially now that you have turned on paid subscriptions and are doing mm-hmm. all of these new little experiments?
0: Yeah, you can subscribe to the newsletter. It's Tiny Revolutions. You can get there via tinyrevolutions.co or tinyrevolutions.substack.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at tinyrever, and that's T-I-N-Y-R-E-V-V-E-R.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for doing a second show with me. I am so, I always love talking to you. So I'm really fortunate and grateful for you doing this.
0: Thanks for having me, and yeah, I'm happy to do it.
1: Thanks for listening to Creator Habits. This show was edited and produced by me, Alina Sari, with music by Luke Tyler of MiloBleep. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and review our show. It would mean the world.